1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess.
0: Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire, and we are going to talk dog walkers today. Um, We came up with this topic because we just kind of did a dog walking consult this morning.
1: Well, we knew we were going to do the consult. We came (laughs) up with the topic before this last second. But we thought it was a good
0: tie-in. We haven't done dog walkers before. We've done daycare. We've done everything else. But first, we're going to start with the quick tip of the day.
1: (laughs) Uh-uh.
0: All right. Our quirky tip of the day is if you are having trouble with your dog walker, hire a dog trainer. Hire a dog trainer to help you get more control of your dog. And most dog trainers would be more than willing to sit in with your dog walker to make sure that things go more smoothly. We were discussing that on the way over. We've done this probably 12 to 20 times in our careers where one of the classes is with the dog walker just to help get them on the same page as what's going on with the dog.
1: I don't think it's unreasonable to ask your dog trainer to give you a hand with with the dog walker uh, if the dog walker is having difficulties with your dog pulling or lunging and that type of thing. And sometimes it's even a family, a relative or a friend that comes over and takes your dog out on a regular basis that just needs to learn how to handle that dog a little bit better.
0: Yeah, and you know, if they're having trouble, it's probably because you maybe don't walk your dog regularly yourself and you do need some dog training intervention. So, dog walkers are not dog trainers. Let's just get that out very clear. Nor should they be. They shouldn't be dual purpose here, right? They're not coming to train your dog how to walk on a loose leash and not to be leash reactive and everything else.
1: Although there are some that are.
0: Yeah, some yeah, but, are and yeah. maybe that's a great benefit to you and maybe your dog Trainer offers a service right. to their company and it's a win win. But the majority of them out there do not have any real hands on experience with dog training themselves. They're used to going to a house, taking out dogs who are super easy. If they walk on a harness, they're not, you know, dragging them, they're not blowing up at other dogs, they're not lunging at people, and they're just pretty easy to deal with. A lot of the dogs that we see as clients. Are a little bit more edgy. They have maybe a little higher level of anxiety than most dogs. Maybe more they, territorial yeah, maybe they have some aggression going on. So those type of dogs who are a little more nuanced. One, be very grateful that you found anyone to come and help, you know, walk your dog when you're dealing with those types of more difficult dogs. And two, make sure you're getting the dog walker the support that he or she deserves. It's very, very important. This is an important job to take your dog out, make sure it can relieve itself outdoors while you're at work, not run out your door and, you know, get lost, not, you know, have loose equipment on and get hit by a car. They have a lot of responsibility to be caring for your animal. I would say- even more so than some daycares in a certain sense, because once the dog gets to daycare, they're just there, right? Like they're normally, the gate's closed, they have no access to the outside world, and you're normally walking the dog in and out of the building. So be very mindful of helping them have success, and if you're having trouble, you know, loop in a dog trainer if you haven't hired one before.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times, it's a 15-minute take the dog out to go potty. It's not take the dog out for a walk for 45 minutes, or something like that. And 15 minutes isn't really enough time to get a lot of training in. They want to get the dog out and let him go potty outside so that when you get home, you don't have an accident in the house. That's It's not necessarily that they're exercising the dog. A lot of them are, but a lot of them are real quick. They're just in and out, you know, so they can't have a lot of big problems. Um, but we see it a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the one we had this morning to bring up this latest one is a dog we trained three or four, oh God, maybe five years yeah, ago a long now, time ago. quite a while ago. And the dog just has a lot of territorial aggression towards strangers. It gets fearful, but it looks really ferocious. So you come in the house, and if it's a new dog walker, one lady was pinned up against the wall. Right? She, yeah. The dog was like barking and, and like just guarding her, and she was really panicked. And what we had to do was we went with the dog walker, introduced the dog to the dog walker. We had some protocols where the dog started in the crate so that its fear couldn't, you know, it was stabilized in one place and everything went great. But then, and this is the other thing we were going to talk about, is that you, when you're using a dog walking service, it's nice if you can get the same dog walker to come to your home or if there's even two or three that rotate, but it's always the same two or three. So your dog knows these people. If your dog is a little fearful of new people, you don't want a new person coming every week. It's going to be a traumatic thing. It's going to be a big problem every freaking week at your house.
0: Yeah. The less turnover, the better, especially if your dog has some of these issues and is prone to being a little sketchy. And in addition to this dog being inside a crate, for safety's sake – Once, you know, I took it out this morning to deal with a new dog walker. I said, you know, have the dog sit at the door when, before you're leaving, establish some control, have the dog sit, hold a sit while you're opening the door and dogs that are strong and dogs that have had some formal training, they know that the person holding the leash, if they're going to kind of control me and ride my butt about holding this sit, that's going to be a pretty important part of building that relationship. So I said, you know, have the dog sit, open the door, get outside. It's icy right now in New England. We had terrible weather yesterday, not super safe conditions. As soon as you get outside, have that dog sit again while you're closing up the door to make sure the other dog doesn't get loose and just to be establishing some control. If you have had some formal training have loose leash walking done, you know, down the driveway until you get, you know, out in the big open world. If you're going to be passing a dog or a human, then get back to your, you know, formal loose leash walking. And that's just the basic stuff that we went over this morning. Scott got out of the car to be used as a distraction, like somebody on the street, make sure the dog didn't have some big blow up. We got a dog out of the car you know, checked that, made sure that the dog was still listening. Dogs like to feel like someone that's handling them is in control. And again, this is not the dog walker's role or job, but if there are struggles, have someone help teach them how that can happen. And you may not be that person, especially if you've never done the training before. You may not know how to establish control on a leash, but it's a fundamental, very, very important part of the dog safety and the overall experience going well.
1: Yeah, and I would ask, if you know your dog is prone to a little bit of reactivity on the leash, you may not think it's a big deal. But if you know that they lean in that direction, I would be asking the dog walker, how's it going? And try and get them to be honest with you. Because yes. a lot of times, if you know, the dog walker say, oh, everything's great, because you're another client, they don't want to lose clients. They need quite a few clients to make a living doing that. Yeah. So they deal with a lot of really poor behavior until it's like now it's dangerous something then happens where they're forced to say hey I can't take your dog anymore
0: and not only that and it I'll, seems like it's out of the blue yeah and not only that a lot of dog walkers are working under another company right so they're not even the person that's making the decisions and making a living doing dog walking but they want to you know appease their boss and make their boss happy and everything else so yes god's 100% right that a lot of times they're not saying something Same thing for you guys that goes vice versa. Make sure you're very upfront and honest with the dog walker. If you've struggled in the past with another dog walker because of your dog's behavioral issues, tell them what that looked like. Explain to them what those are. Don't just hope, oh, we'll see what happens and see if anything pops up. The more upfront you are with the dog walker, the more upfront the dog walker is going to be with you. And it doesn't mean that you can't have a dog walker. It just means that you may need to take certain steps to get there.
1: Yeah, and you're going to be saving money over dog daycare. And for many dogs, it's better not to be going to the dog daycare. So, you know, you might be spending, you know, 120 bucks a day at dog daycare, which seems to be kind of the going rate these days, where you could get someone to come in and walk your dog for 15 minutes, take him out to go potty for 25 bucks a visit or 35 bucks a visit, something like that. And if your dog is not destructive in the house, it's a, it's a good way to go you know if you have a dog that becomes destructive and and maybe even has behavioral pottying issues in the house and things like that then you know a dog walker is probably not going to be the best What route. are you saying
0: 120 bucks for daycare for a week pass?
1: No, for it per day.
0: Oh, that's pretty expensive.
1: That's what they're spending. They're like 500 bucks a week for daycare. Well,
0: and outside of the finances, depending on how things fall, depending on, you know, what you're looking at there, some other advantages of a dog walker versus daycare is, you know, we just had this big respiratory virus outbreak. Things have died down a little bit. People aren't talking about it as much. If the person is just coming to your home and taking out your dog individually, we're not talking about huge groups of dogs being together anymore, 30 to 50 dogs. And a lot of these dog daycares are, you know, attached to a vet's office or they're attached to a training facility. So we're talking about even more cross-contamination of dogs. Another thing about daycare is some dogs get overstimulated in that environment, right? We're all for daycare. We've had a daycare episode. We had Noel Nask on. We're not saying that that's a bad way to go, but some dogs don't do well in such a stimulating environment. So a dog walker is a great replacement for that when they can be living at home all day and they just have someone to come and, you know, get them out, get some short exercise and be able to relieve themselves.
1: Yeah, I'm not crazy about dog daycare, but Okay. I mean, <laughs> well,
0: the they, way Noel runs her is like that. There are some
1: good ones, but there's a lot of them where they're just in it for the money. The owner's not even on the premises and there's a lot of issues that happen at those type of situations.
0: Yeah, okay. Coming from an actual dog walker before we go to break, here is some advice to think of. Um if you're going to be paying someone's service fee that seems more than the average dog walker, pay it. They are well worth their money, right? It is well worth it to find the right fit of someone who's going to take your dog out and equipment where they're not going to get loose on the road. You trust them inside your home. You trust them with keys to your home. You have a good you know, feeling, a good vibe about them. Pay more than average. Don't freak out if it's more, you know not the cheapest place in town. We talked about being really honest and upfront with your dog's skills, 100%. Be more flexible with time frame, right? Don't be the pain in the ass It's like, I leave at 5.45 in the morning. I need you to be at my house at 9.15. Give a window of like, it'd be great if you could come anywhere between, you know, 10 to 1 or, you know, 12 to 3 or whatever it's going to be. Give a window to make things more flexible, to make it work better for the dog walker. Allow the dog walker to use whatever equipment they're most comfortable with. And Scott and I were talking about this on the way over. We know a lot of dog walkers in Boston. We have a lot of clients in Boston. They put equipment on dogs. They're upfront about it, but they'll say, hey, your dog's reactive on leash. We need to use a remote collar with it. We need to use a martingale collar instead of a harness. We need to maybe upgrade from a a flat collar to a pinch collar. Whatever it is, whatever their suggestion is to be able to safely walk your dog, trust their expertise if it's working out and let them do it.
1: Or if you're not comfortable with it, don't use them. Yeah,
0: find another service. It's
1: better that they be honest with you than... You're finding this stuff out third-hand from a neighbor who said, oh, your dog was looked like it was in pain or something, and you're freaking out, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then um, my last tip before we go to break is make sure that this person is insured, right? Do some thorough screening. You are literally giving someone keys to your home, you know... um, Alarm codes to your home, everything else. Make sure that they are fully insured and you're screening them thoroughly to make sure that there's someone that you want to allow into your inner circle. Okay, we're gonna go to break super quick and we get back. We're gonna talk more about dog walking.
1: Wanna keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast, like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go
0: on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. Okay, so along the lines of, you know, insurance and everything else, there's actually some associations and some organizations that maybe you can look for as well. We were poking into these this morning and I got these recommendations Um, From a Facebook friend as well. So there's the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Um, This is showing someone that's done their due diligence to, you know, go the extra mile, make sure that they've gotten some extra education and be the best they can in their field. Maybe not everyone needs to make sure that they had that credential and they went through that school, but that's another thing to look at. Like, or I mean, hands-on history is great too. You know what I mean? If somebody's like, "I've been in the business for 10 years. I have you know hundreds of clients. I can give you dozens of names for." referrals, that's fine as well. But make sure it's not just, you know, someone who just graduated college, who is just interacting with animals for the first time, who's going to be taking your 120 pound Roddy out that week and, you know, learning on the job with your dog.
1: Yeah. And one thing that is, I think is important is that they learn uh, canine CPR.
0: Yes. It's a very
1: basic thing. It's a, it's a frigging three hour course. I, I hired a, a woman to come to my business in California and taught the employees. I actually had my clients all come to it like a seminar, and she had all of these um, dolls, these dog dolls, mm-hmm. and we were all doing the CPR on the on the mannequins.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's a, good a good point because you
1: know it's better than doing nothing. You know, your dog is choking on something, or if it, all of a sudden it just drops, is a you know it's better to do something than nothing.
0: Yeah, and this you is know? another reason why we want them to have maybe some more training, maybe some more animal sense. You know, it would be nice if a dog, if if a dog walker went and looked in your dog's mouth and, you know, its gum color was a little light, it'd be like, oh, that's not normal. Normally this dog's gums are pink. If the dog needs to get medication midday, it'd be nice if the, you know, person was able to pill the dog, if the dog wasn't going to take a cookie. Like all of these little nuances that like Scott and I have to be really, really up to date on when we take dogs into our home for, you know, X amount of days or weeks, should be the same nuances that we're looking for with someone coming to your home caring for your dog, you know what I mean? These are important skills to know outside of you know how to walk on a loose leash, just some basic care of dogs you know oh i I noticed that he was breathing a little heavy today. I noticed that he was a little lower energy than normal, not just someone that's coming and you know running through um the paces just to get to the next house, but they're actually really learning about your dog and knowing what to expect as your dog's baseline,
1: yeah, and just be really. Uh, honest about your dog's behavior. Uh, Jess did uh, some classes at another facility uh, uh, during the past week and there was a dog there that had a lot of dog reactivity and Jess wanted to handle the dog and evaluate this reactivity and she said, does the dog have any human aggression? And the person said no. But it turned out that it did have a little bit. Jess was manipulating the dog a bit and putting her hands on the dog and the dog jumped up at her in an aggressive way, Didn't, didn't bite you. But you, had you known that, you yeah. would have approached it a little bit differently.
0: Yeah, and, and I was just trying to do Brenda Aloff's Be Still. I wasn't doing anything yeah, unfair so, to the dog. I was trying to calm the dog down. And sometimes, like, I honestly think in the context of that client, they didn't remember that. But they were like, oh, yeah, that hand happened well, one time with handling with out. us, too. Yeah, Potentially. But, yes, be very honest about triggers that your dog has to prevent an incident. Say he doesn't like his paws touched. You know, I have one groomer across town that does his feet. Please don't touch his paws. Be very honest. Don't
1: wipe his paws when you bring him in. Just take him off and let him go.
0: Yeah. I'm totally fine with mud all over my house. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit, um, the best resource to find a dog walker. So another, um, uh, place that I heard of from this Facebook thread that I, um, wrote about with dog walking the other day was, um, Pet Sitters of America. So like Scott went on there today. He typed in our zip code. We could have people from Gloucester, Massachusetts on the North Shore up until like northern Maine that could come and, you know, evaluate our dogs and care for our dogs and be a good fit for our dogs. That is a great way to, you know, evaluate, you know, find some names right away. We're not just relying on Google right there. Find some names right away. Get them to your house. See if they can handle what's going on and see what kind of vibe you guys have together. Another thing I would highly, 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 highly recommend you guys more so than anything else is local Facebook groups, right? Your town Facebook group, get on there and say, Hey, does anyone have a dog walker that they love? It is so funny. These companies that are doing their best to be their best, you do a thread like that, literally three quarters of the thread is go to this company, go to this company, go to this person, go to this person. It's very reinforcing. Or or don't go to these people. Yes. But it's very reinforcing to know like, okay, this person has a reputation in town. Maybe you know someone, you know, across town that, you know, is in your knitting circle. I don't know how I came up with that in his example, but if you're in a knitting group, maybe, you know, someone across town is knitting with you. They say, oh yeah, we've used this person for years. We love this person. Make sure you can talk to actual clients that they have in your area and hear from them. Hear what these people are saying. Hear how it went. We are not huge, big fans of Rover.com. And this isn't slander. This isn't that Rover sucks. If you guys are out there and you have, you know, some really good experiences with Rover, that's awesome. We're talking about a lot of turnover at Rover, right? This is exactly what we're trying to prevent, especially if you have a difficult dog. Some, you know, little happy-go-lucky doodles, no problem. They don't care if somebody new comes into their house every day, it's a big party, they're going out for their walk and their sniff and everything's great. If you have a dog with any issues, the less turnover, the better. Literally, this dog we went to this morning has had the same two girls seeing him for the last year. And we just looped in a new girl to be able to be in the rotation today. And every time we loop in a new girl, I'm a part of that situation just to make sure everything goes well. It's a stronger dog and he knows me well. And we're just there to assist in that transition. Another thing about Rover, not all of them are necessarily properly insured or you know screened properly through their app. So be conscious of these little things. Do your diligence, do your research. But if you're looking for this service, if you're considering while you're listening to this, huh, like maybe I'm kind of sick of driving across town and dropping my dog off at daycare. I've had some situations lately where my dogs come home with scars that I didn't like. Their potty training has loosened up a little bit since I started daycare. Maybe I should try this dog walking situation. Consider Pet Sitter of America and check that out. I think it redirected to house sitter, right?
1: Yeah. yeah they, so it's, they have house sitting people. It's and, people that would stay overnight sitting. for the
0: most part. But look at that. Maybe some of these people do dog walking also. And then literally local referrals are where it's at. Google reviews matter and Google reviews are very important. But some of these businesses they're not going to have, you know, dog walking businesses pop up just by doing a Google search. So make sure that you are getting some in-person advice. You are looking for local recommendations and you have a good feel for the person. Even if the person is Knew at what they do. If your dog seems to love the person, you have a really good vibe about the person, go with that. But make sure you're meeting that person, they're meeting your dog, and everything is seeming very copacetic before you're starting this on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, and you could do a hybrid of both. You know, you got two two days of dog uh, daycare and three days of someone comes in. And uh, the other thing I would say I mean, every dog is different, but I think the average dog does not need to be. Let, if you're gone for eight hours, it doesn't need to get out more than once. Yeah, You take them out midday. Because I have no clients that have had a dog walker come in the morning. And then a dog walker come in the afternoon at three. And, you know, they get home at five and they just, and you can do it. And if you can afford it, it's great. But I don't know that that's necessary that you have them coming twice a day to your house over yeah, an no, eight-hour I agree. shift. You know? And the
0: other thing about that situation is like make sure that the person isn't trying to accommodate the dog too much you know i you may be the kind of person that has strict rules with your dog you're like i like my dog to be in a crate i don't want my dog to have chews when they're not in my supervision maybe they shred stuff toys you don't want an obstruction make sure this person is listening to what you're saying if you say i want you to crate my dog when you leave in the afternoon so he's in a crate until when i get home from work so he doesn't jump all over my work clothes And then that person is like, "Oh, I felt bad putting him in a crate. He was a little resistant to go in his crate. He really wanted a you know bone that was near his crate. So I just gave it to him for the afternoon." No, like make sure they are following your rules. Dogs seem to do better with more structure and you know more control rather than less, especially when it comes to the unknowns. As you know, someone else is coming into your home. Maybe there's a lot of rotation. Make sure they're strictly adhering to the rules and make sure they're okay with crating. If they walk in and they say, "Oh, you know, I hate a crate," it's like a prison for the dog, you know, why do you use that? And you have to explain from A to Z the benefits that you've gotten from creating your own dog. Find somebody else that more aligns with your values. You shouldn't need to be selling a person on how you're able to safely live with your dog and then, you know, just hoping that sometimes they follow the rules. That's not going to be a good situation.
1: Yeah. And when you do find someone good, you want to make sure that they're happy to come to your home on yes. a regular basis, so take care of them. It doesn't yes. have to be that you're giving them tips all the time, but you could leave them some cookies. You could do something to make them yes. know they're appreciated. I know Chrissy loves to bake, and <laughs> if I was going to her house to let her dog out, and she had a little plate there that said, "This is for you," I'd be thrilled. It's like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> Scotty you know, likes his sweets. <laughs> I'm thinking about like the UPS drivers. This is a common thing I'm seeing now. The UPS guy comes. Or anyone that delivers packages, people are putting a cooler on their front porch Mm -hmm. with cold drinks on ice, bunch of snacks with a little sign that says, help yourself to anyone dropping off packages to their house. And then they have these, you know, the door Mm -hmm. ring cameras And these people are so thrilled. They're like, oh, thank you very much. And, you know, they're taking out their chips and a little drink. Yeah, go the
0: extra mile when it's working. I cannot even tell you. And this goes for all dog professionals and everyone in your life that works out great. But, I mean, we've had dogs come in for boot camp this year, and I've literally said to the owners, I'm like, who grooms your dog? And they tell me the name and I'm like, you tip them well. Like you bring them, you know, a present at Christmas. Like your dog is not easy to deal with. If you actually have a good person to deal with a difficult dog, appreciate them and let them know that they are appreciated, right? Because everyone is paying them money and frankly, when things get really busy, they don't need to deal with the bullshit. So no. make sure you're valuing their services. You're letting them know you're valuing the services. You're checking in every few months. Hey, anything I should know about? Anything going on on Wall? You know, how was he? You know, it's squirrel season, spring's coming. He's sometimes bad with squirrels. Have you had any issues? Can I do anything to help you? Can I do anything to support you? It is your dog, it is your responsibility. And if your dog is a pain in the ass and you have found someone that can handle your pain in the ass, make sure that you are paying them and valuing them from what they're worth.
1: And the other thing I would say is don't feel shortchanged if you have a difficult dog and the dog. Walker comes and just lets your dog out in the backyard and doesn't take him all over the neighborhood. Yeah, be grateful. If dog, yeah, if your dog is like really problematic, yeah. get him out. In the, if you have a secured backyard or even if they take him out on leash in the backyard, but the dog can do his business. He gets some fresh air for 15 minutes and he's back in the house. At least the dog is safe. There's no problems with anyone else in the neighborhood, other dogs. The dog hasn't escaped like for some reason, yank the leash out of their hand and yes, is running very up and down so. the street.
0: Very much so. All and don't, you want to do is get the dog out to go potty. That's and don't it. nickel and dime that person. Well, you're not going for a walk. Is it going to be more affordable because you're letting... No, your dog is difficult. Yeah. You're lucky that I am coming into your home, risking my safety, maybe sometimes dealing with your dog's nuances and getting your dog out to potty. It yeah. is a, a gift to be able to find someone to work with difficult dogs. We are a gift to those difficult yeah. dogs that we work with.
1: People put those Apple tags on their dogs and they're just watching the rap yeah. the whole time. Oh, oh. my God. The dog didn't go more than a house away from my house. What's going on? Yeah, You
0: guys and your air tags and your cameras and everything else, back off. Live and let live. Let's go back to the old days when we had, you know, mutual trust for people and we respected professionals for what they are. This is a very important point. Anything we missed?
1: No, I, I think it's uh, it's another necessary thing. I mean, it's uh, it's great if you can find someone that can come and put your dog on a leash and take them out for a walk and uh, let them get some air during the day. It's a great thing to do. Yeah,
0: and I just want to say it's a lot to ask of your neighbor or something else. Like if you yeah, have a retired neighbor. It's a lot neighbor, of
1: responsibility for, yeah, it, for you, someone to do for free yes, like forever. Like
0: if someone's nearby or, you know, your sister or whatever else, like if someone's willing to do it. This is a lot to ask someone to come to your house, you know, five days a week, maybe two times a day. Like, it's not just like, oh, can you go let, you know, Snoopy out? So, you know, it's not a big deal. They don't want to be hanging out with your dog as much as you do. Like, they don't want to see your dog or swing home at lunch. Like, get a situation, you know, with your work that rather than, you know, you go and you go to the cafeteria, you jump in the car, you run home, you let the dog out really quick, you grab a meal prep from home, you head back to work and you eat. You know, come up with a different situation, but don't expect people that are in your circle friends and family to just yeah, do this I, service for free.
1: And I think if you have an adult child with a dog that's calling you and saying, hey, can you let my dog out at lunch because I'm working, you're not necessarily helping them. No. To be an adult by no. taking care of these little chores. No. Because they'd be paying for that. Yeah. You and get they a got pet. a dog. You got to pay for you stuff. You got a
0: pet. It's your responsibility. All right. I hope we helped you guys a little bit. We hadn't talked about dog walkers in over 200 episodes. So we thought, let's do a dog walking show. Um, next week, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but it's going to be awesome. We have a lot of great guests coming on in February. Last week, we had a great show with Kari. We talked about Portuguese water dogs. If you missed it. And in the meantime, keep, keep it, it quirky. quirky. Thanks, guys. <laughs>